0: in time for trimming the old bridge yule tree vampires uh guzintight ready for tree decorating vampires spock are you having some kind of episode apologies sir it's just that i've discovered the vampire diaries and they are dare i say it sensational you know that show debuted in 2009 yes isn't it wonderful Uh, let's start the show and we'll circle back around, shall we? As long as we get to discuss vampires, color me excited. By which I mean a a soft shade of gray. What? Vampires are dead. Their skin has a slight gray cast. Wow. You think you're educating me about vampires. All right. Hi, friends (laughs) at home! (laughs) I'm Justine Maston, LMFT, Yogini, writer, captain of this particular ship. Welcome aboard. And I am Larissa Garski, LMFT, writer, researcher, Spocky, and first officer. And I'm really loving the Vampire Diaries. So surprising. Uh, just a reminder to the listeners at home that just because we are therapists, that doesn't mean that we are your therapists. Unless, of course, we are your therapists. This podcast is for the purposes of education and humor and is not intended to replace seeing your own therapist. Here we are. So, <laughs> so in 2021, you yes. have, and was this because I had mentioned the vampire diaries to you in the past that you, you I started mean, watching this? I think it was like, this might have be, this, this might be one of like the longest the longest like simmering ideas. Like the chili I'm making in a crock pot right now. I mean that might that that feels like it's it's having a shorter than it needed gestation period. <laughs> That's right. I'm not giving it nearly enough time to simmer. <laughs> this for me has gone on for at least five years. Mm. If not, maybe longer, because, like, I have, like, vague recollections of The Vampire Diaries, which did indeed debut in 2009 mm-hmm. when I graduated from college and started my first job. hmm And, like, I remember being like, oh, that's, like, a dumb show for children. Oh, right, because in 2009 you were, like, trying to be really grown up and sophisticated. I was, I mean, yeah, I was like, I'm a serious person and i watch serious things you know <laughs> like, like leather bound books right yeah adaptations <laughs> of russian literature mm-hmm. brought to screen mm-hmm. right at that point in my life i you still got netflix on dvds that's right you did mhm and so i was like making my way through buffy which inexplicably i felt was like obviously very okay for Learned, serious people. Okay. It doesn't make sense. um And then <laughs> I was also trying to do some sort of like film retrospective, and I mm-hmm. don't remember the other older films I was trying to get myself into, but I do remember that like I kept trying to get La Dolce Vita. <laughs> sure. And like it was always unavailable because <laughs> everyone was I, <laughs> everyone, like, "I don't know what this was." Like I legit tried for almost two years. <laughs> Maybe they didn't even have it. No, they did. They kept telling me on the Netflix <laughs> website that they had it. It was just someone else was had it out. They were viewing it. And I was supposedly next in line for two years. I wonder me. if it was the same person. And, like, they just refused to buy their own copy of La Dolce Vita. Right. But, like, I think at that point you could, like, renew a bunch of time. So, mm-hmm. like, I do wonder if it was just, like, I don't know. Some someone who really was a lover of Italian cinema and they were like I can't let this go and I also don't have a friend who could like burn a copy for me right <laughs> yeah the technology was available mm-hmm. but at any rate like I remember I like I heard of the show I was like this is not a show for a learned smart person no like no I'm into Italian cinema right and Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Um, <laughs> but I'm not I'm into Italian, Italian vampires. <laughs> I know. Which, like, it was so, it was right there waiting for me. But clearly it was not my time to, mm-hmm. that was not the time for me and the Salvatore brothers. Yeah. And then, like, throughout the years of our friendship now, mm-hmm. you have mentioned the Vampire Diaries. And each and every time that older part of me who mm-hmm. held that that memory of my initial reaction mm-hmm. would arise up. And I would, at that point, I was like, well, I'm not going to out loud to Justine, because that would be rude, but like, I still don't think this show is for me. (laughs) And then what happened? Then you brought it up again in the last month. And And I think you had a migraine. I did. But also like before, like right before the migraine hit, I think I had started watching it. And part of it was that like the real function on Instagram inexplicably... Kept sending me things about Caroline. Oh, okay. Interesting. I wonder why. And so then, three weeks ago, I went hard on researching side characters. <laughs> and after reading the wiki fandom page for Klaus and Caroline. <laughs> And doing a brief purview of the 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 book series, mm-hmm. Wikipedia page, because I didn't want too many spoilers. I was like, you know, I think it's time to give this a try. I need a fun show. And I think I made my way through season one in like less than a week. Oh, you were so fast. I mean, for, for you, like I... For me, yes. You know, like I rewatched season one in uh, two or three days. Um, but... <laughs> But you, that's, that's speedy indeed. Yeah, but you are not the binger that I am. No, no. If there was some sort of like award show or Olympic event, <laughs> I think you, you'd you be a contender. Yeah. You'd be representing Team America. I can, yeah, I can really, I can binge with the best of them. Uh, right. And you're like able to retain it. Whereas like after a certain point, my brain, it's like, I don't know, it becomes a sea of colors. <laughs> Um, uh, I, I couldn't, if, if this was the first time I was watching the show, I couldn't tell mm. you like what episode something had happened in if I was binging like that, but sure. That is neither here nor there where we are no. is that you got into it and I got a flurry of delightful text messages <laughs> Yeah, mm-hmm. at really all hours of the day and night. Yeah. Which was fine with me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> which is great. Yes, which reminding me of things I ha- just had forgotten because <laughs> I watched this when it aired. Right, back in 2009, <laughs> almost 12 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So when I said things to you like Damon doesn't have very good hair, mm-hmm. you responded with like I think I think Ian's great. And I was like, sure, but his hair right now, not so great. Yeah. And I had no recollection of what his hair looked like in 2009, clearly. Because when I did my rewatch, I was like, oh, my God, what have they done to Damon's hair? (laughs) Is this what we were doing in 2009? I don't remember. I do. I do think that like part of it is that like his brother Stefan. So like as an aside, the show has been on the air for a billion and one years. Spoilers <laughs> abound. <laughs> yeah. If, if you like me have not watched, this sh- or you if you like me like a month ago <laughs> and you haven't watched the <laughs> show, watch it. It's delightful. If you like vampires. Mm-hmm. Um. Otherwise, just like you know, know that you're going to be spoiled. Right. And sit back anyway. and enjoy the ride of us talking about vampires. And we're going to focus on season one. But I am sure there will be some Smatterings Yes, smatterings, like the mention of Klaus who you would not have heard of if you've only watched season one You wouldn't, and like, you know right now I'm like at the beginning of season four Mm -hmm. and I have thoughts on Klaus and they're not overwhelmingly flattering but you know what, we're gonna get there because, dear listeners, we're gonna do a a season by season retrospective (laughs) So this this Yuletide season, you get the gift of the season one retrospective, and to kick off 2022, you'll get the gift of season 2 <laughs> yeah. You're welcome: uh, Yeah, I think I, I, I think at some point we'll perhaps we we'll do season one and then seasons, like two, two, three, two, three, four, like maybe not literally season by season. I don't know. I feel like definitely, especially season two, which I think is like amongst the stronger seasons that mm-hmm. I've watched so far. I think that merits its own episode, but like, sure, we can finalize the details to go back <laughs> and really finalize the point about the hair. <laughs> Stefan's hair and Stefan is Damon's brother. Stefan's hair is like impeccably coiffed, mm-hmm. truly a thing of hair, sculpture, beauty. Yeah. And so I do wonder if like their idea initially was like, well, here's this beautiful hair sculpture and we Mm -hmm. need to show the contrast. Sure. Yeah. I think that's exactly what they were doing. But they went way too far. Ian didn't deserve what happened to his hair. So friends at home, for Mm -hmm. those of you who have not watched it and are like, you know what? It's not, I I don't have any interest in diving into that right now. Let me give you the briefest summary beautiful there are two brothers they are 17 and like 18 19 20, 21. we never quite know how old uh no. damon was <laughs> when he was made vampire This sense i get because like at different points through the show they really try to play up his adultness Ad- and then olderness it down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. i th- so i think he's like 21 ish mm-hmm okay so he's 21-ish seven, 17. <laughs> <Stephen> is 17 <laughs> um they are hanging out in mystic falls virginia in 1864 when they meet this just beguiling young woman who turns out to be a vampire yes and she, long story short she turns them And they have been vampires since 1864. Fast forward to today, which was 2009. And they are back in Mystic Falls, Virginia, where they meet a woman who looks exactly like the beguiling young woman they fell in love with, who was a vampire. This is an excellent summary so far. Thank you. Thank you. Um, And then Stefan and this young woman named Elena become boyfriend girlfriend there's an annoying bunch of episodes before she realizes that he's a vampire but then once she does we get just a great human vampire love story one of one of my personal favorite tropes Um, and of course now there is a love triangle that will be introduced and love triangles are one of those interesting things in art that like they're like a bad penny (laughs) They always find their way back into the zeitgeist, and 2009 was definitely one of those times where we were like, "Oh, we must have love triangles again." Hmm. We have the Salvatore brothers because that hmm. is their last name. They are they are ostensibly of Italian immigrant stock. Their father's name is Giuseppe. Their father's name is Giuseppe. They they cast like the the whitest man to play Giuseppe. <laughs> I know he. It was like just the, the just like you couldn't imagine a whiter man. They, they okay. called central casting because, like, uh, Ian Summerholder and what is other dude's name? I can never remember it. Watley his, his his his, his American. Oh, hold on. <laughs> there we go. His American name is Paul Wesley. That there it is. Yeah. But he is actually from Poland. Okay. And his real name is like Pavel Wasiklaski. (laughs) That's great. I'm sorry, Paul. Yeah. I'm like very much parroting why he changed it for the stage. Mm -hmm. Interestingly enough, his co-star Nina Dobrev, who plays Elena, Mm -hmm. and the beguiling young woman Mm -hmm. from 1864, she is also from an Eastern European country. She is from Bulgaria. Oh, yeah. And I mean... Her name doesn't end with Dobrev. That's just what, what her her original name was Nicolina Dobreva. Ah, yes. Ah, which is a delightful name. Um, it is. Yeah. Beautiful. But I mean, just such rich history for these people. And the dude who played Giuseppe, I didn't, I didn't feel that deep history. No, listen, I'm sure that that actor has a deep history perhaps dating all the way back to relatives on the mayflower from england (laughs) and that's why it was just so it really tickled my funny bone right when like here he is playing giuseppe salvatore And he's like, we need, we need to stop the vampires. <laughs> he's like, we have to do it now. I'm like, oh, okay, Giuseppe. I also, <laughs> and I guess, like, I'm glad they did this. Like, no one is, no one's attempting a sad Southern accent. No, I'm, I'm very glad we don't have faux accents of any kind.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yeah, I that is, that is appreciated. Um, yeah, but I, I am very curious. Like, I got your assortment of text messages with with your um with your notions such as yes what is up mm-hmm. with Damon's hair but i'm very curious yes. what <laughs> what your experience of season 1 for the first time was what was your emotional experience um i wish that now i wish that i had like kept my own vampire diary <laughs> oh it would have like, been so mad. the starship <laughs> right? diaries Yes, the Starship <laughs> Diaries. Because uh, I wish I'd like written down like what was the actual day proper that I, I began this journey. Mm-hmm. I know it was before Thanksgiving because, fun fact, the friends that um, my partner and I spent Thanksgiving with, I got to learn that one of them is a super big Vampire Diaries fan. Oh, I love that. So at one point while we were waiting, like in between basting the turkey, we just like totally went ham on our thoughts and feelings about Vampire Diaries. And our respective partners were like, okay, we love people who really love interesting things. Uh Yeah. Which is the power of fandom to just like connect us in in new and surprising ways. It is. Mm -hmm. But to answer your question, I was really pleasantly surprised like... I was not – I, you know, I've, like, sensed very much that part of me that was, like, I'm serious. Like, we've, mm-hmm. we've grown and developed together. So, like, no no part of me was, like, this needs to be, like, La Dolce vita. <laughs> well, good, because it's not.
1: It's Just that will not live like, up
0: to that for you. No, I do love that they're Italian vampires, though. It's, it's a wonderful twist. Um, <laughs> but I did, like, I remember watching the pilot – and as it was unfolding, I was mm-hmm. like, this is much better than I thought mm-hmm. it was going to be. And frankly, I think it was better than, like, I remember these, like, types of team shows being. Because, mm-hmm. like, in 2009, that was, that was like, after the WB's heyday. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I think it was by then already the CW. Uh, yes, it would have been. Which was, like, this weird it was a hybrid which is also going to be very fitting when we start talking about like season 3 and 4 and hybrid <laughs> vampire werewolves but it was this like to me it always seemed like this like sad sort of hybrid of the wb and like og mm-hmm. fox 29 from the 1990s and i was very much like i don't i'm right not. of course you didn't have high expectations you know i was like i'm not here this this whole network makes me feel sad <laughs> it's a sadness um, network and, it's the sadness network and that coupled with my <laughs> snobbery was why i just totally avoided it but then when i'm watching this pilot and i was like this is really good like and part of what made it to, made it to me feel really good is that mm-hmm. it's very clear that like the writers were very thoughtful about the triangle mm-hmm. which then becomes a square because spoiler alert the beguiling young woman <laughs> from 1864 is not dead she's a vampire of course she's not dead <laughs> but she's gonna she's gonna come on back uh-huh. to square the triangle um but like they clearly had spent a lot of time in the writing room thinking about everyone else in the cast yeah everybody had their arc their story yeah everybody mm-hmm. has their arc everybody has a family background and mm-hmm. their family background really fits with like what they're currently struggling with in the pilot mm-hmm. like for example Elena's recent ex-boyfriend named Matt, who's like the captain of the football team. Mm -hmm. I was expecting a very like throwaway cliched Mm -hmm. character, but this is a character that has a lot of like nuance and gravitas to him. Mm -hmm. Like mom, like dad left the family years and years ago when he and sister were young. Mm -hmm. Mom has a lot of internalized shame about being poor Mm -hmm. and working class and is like in and out of her kids lives Mm -hmm. and so like matt is very much like trying to like be the perfect child in the hope that uh, in the hopes that like mom will settle down and like be a parent Mm -hmm. to him and then his sister vicky is like well i'm not ever going to be as perfect as matt so i'm just going to go do drugs and have a good time Mm -hmm. or actually i'm not going to have a good time but i'm going to do drugs and forget about this awful circumstance that i'm living in (laughs) Yes. And sometimes I'll have like, you know, the veneer of a good time and, and that feels like something.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and so like all of this rich backstory really, and it it's not like thrown in your face. It's not just like in the first five minutes, people like shouting.
1: <laughs> I'm poor and
0: sad about my poorness. And- <laughs> right. This is not like a David Lynch or a Marvel film. <laughs> um, like Both shouting, this, but in different every- ways. In different ways. And that's another thing about it that like people seem to like talk relatively similar to the way I remember like teens talking back in 2009, mm-hmm. which so I liked that. But like Matt is this rich backstory. it And it you can see the way it informs his character and mm-hmm. informs the way the actor is portraying the character in a way that like fits. And as the show then continues, helps to explain his motivations and why he does some of the things that he does Mm -hmm. but in the pilot episode it like it makes a lot of sense why he's so holding on so tight to Elena even though it's clear that like they have a best friendship Mm -hmm. not a passionate romance Mm
1: -hmm.
0: but like he's holding on to her because they've known each other their whole lives and and he needs some kind of stable family
1: Mm -hmm.
0: yeah oh right it's like it's very intuitively Mm -hmm. done because with like family systems in mind right which you know I don't know if that's whether they did that with awareness or whether these are just writers that have a good sense of like yeah of course this person would be desperate for his family of choice when his family of origin is such a disaster right Right. yeah but all these writers they really showed up for work every day (laughs) every day they showed up you know yeah and even you know every, it feels like everyone did like costuming mm-hmm. like yeah oh. the whole works even damon's hair like was it a great choice no 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 no, no but it did paint the contrast it did to, to straight laced collared shirted mm-hmm. stefan we have black yes. tea leather jacketed damon who who is or was my ride or die Delena? just I'm just gonna put it right out there I was a Delena shipper like whoa I mean that that makes all the sense in the world (laughs) and I that was like one of the early things I texted you I was like I don't know about Damon and you were like how dare (laughs) You didn't write back out there, but that was very much the vibe. And I was like, yeah, that makes a kind of sense. And then I, I do remember I have this memory of like laying in my bed late at night while I was binge watching season mm-hmm. one, being like introspectively thinking like, what is it about Stefan that's doing it for me? So then that's when I did a little Googling and found out that, you know, like Paul was once Pavel. Um, <laughs> right. You were like, like, what oh. is it I'm attracted to? Oh, he is also Polish. <laughs> Oh, he's also Polish. I'm like feeling this like this like t- this like kindred ship with this. Right. Because I was like, why am I? so Because when you said that, I was like immediately defensive for him. And I was like, what is happening? Like, he's he's not a world class actor in season one. He gets better. But like things are quite wooden. So I was like, what's happening for me that I'm like, oh, dare Justine speak negatively of Paul Wesley. And I was like, oh, yeah, he's Polish. I'm feeling mm-hmm. that like regional kinship. Yeah. Well and I don't think that I was negative about Paul Wesley, but what I did say was that Stefan never really did it for me. And what was interesting was so friends at home, this is perhaps the first time I've done a rewatch of season one since I watched it. Back in oh Yeah. I mean it that's probably not true. I probably have done a rewatch in the intervening twelve years. I just don't remember when that was. Um, sure so this this is the first rewatch of season one i've done in many a year and Mm -hmm. you know i liked stefan better this watch wow yeah i got him i felt like i got him more like the woodenness made more sense to me like it was more of a choice than a Mm -hmm. actor who didn't know what he was doing yes you know here's here's a guy who's lived amongst the squirrels (laughs) <laughs> re-entering society you're gonna be a little awkward yeah yeah and he's like and i do i really love his character arc of how you see that he has he has a pretty intense reaction to human blood you find out from oh yes hmm and it he has like so much so that it creates in him like an alter ego very much like the idea of vampirism and Mm -hmm. blood and all of that it's what is what am i looking for here it's like an allegory for drug addiction absolutely yeah it's absolutely as i watch those episodes because you can imagine that i when i originally watched this i was not yet a therapist and now that i am a therapist i was like You know, this is a common trope that there's some thing that causes Mm -hmm. an addiction-like response, but it was done so well. Yes, they do it really well with him. Right, because he does, he he has clearly been in, I'm using air quotes, recovery. Yes. For decades. Mm -hmm. When he, due to circumstances beyond his control, needs to feed on human blood in order to not die. And... Mm -hmm. He just—he's like, I'm gonna be okay. This is gonna be fine. I'll detox myself, and then he can't. And then he starts hiding blood, and like, there's an actual story there Mm -hmm. where he's lying. And then when Elena finds out, he's extremely shame ridden and wants to die. And it just, yeah, you know, as a therapist slash drug counselor. Mm-hmm. that i think some folks on the writing team have had some family experiences or self-experiences yes, self experiences. yes. Mm, that was an that was another moment like when they're when they're developing and showing that arc mm-hmm. in season one for him that they eventually i mean they return to it it gets very expanded mm-hmm. but it felt so authentic mm-hmm. the way that they depict that and the way that he shame spirals and also then when i've got to that mm-hmm. part of the season i was like oh of course not only was he wooden because he was awkward because mm-hmm. he you know he had been detoxing with the squirrels <laughs> um, like he also was was white knuckling it so hard right and doing everything he could do to just mm-hmm. like repress this side of himself mm-hmm. and not eat this nice girl that he likes Right. You know, which is very hard. And I thought they did a really love, a lovely job, which is interesting. Turn to phrase with what I'm about to say. (laughs) I thought they did a really lovely, lovely job with Damon because Damon is, I don't know, I don't know if anyone uses this term anymore, but he's what I remember hearing when I was growing up, something called a chipper. I don't know what that is. We're like. It's. I think it's very much a 1970s term. So Damon, Damon is a chipper. And what I mean by that is he's able to engage in all kinds of recreational drug use in this case. He's able to, like, drink all manner of human blood mm-hmm. without, without losing control in the way that Stefan does.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right. And so his attempts to, like, help his brother after Stefan has some human blood. Mm-hmm are to just be like, just have some. He's like trying to normalize it. He's like, you know, this is part of what being a vampire is. We you and I both had a tough time when we transitioned. We Mm -hmm. didn't have anybody there to help us. Sure, we've killed some people. Well, you know me, many. A couple hundred. (laughs) Right? But like that's part of the learning process for vampires. It's not because like we're awful. We're not like you and I aren't out there seeking to inflict harm. Mm -hmm. It's a part of our nature. And, like, you're you're an aged vampire like me now, brother. You can have some human blood if you want to. Mm -hmm. Have a blood bag that I stole from the hospital. (laughs) (laughs) And Stefan is just, like, so terrified. Mm -hmm. And you just, like, see him sort of, like, shaking every time Damon attempts to get him to drink more human blood. And then when you see his, like, total collapse, when he almost does kill another human being Mm -hmm. it makes so much more sense because he's not like damon he's not in control right and that's i mean that's the difference between folks who deal with addiction stuff and folks who don't um Mm -hmm. is like sure some people can absolutely in imbibe drugs and alcohol and Mm -hmm. not have that take over their lives and and for some folks that is not possible for a variety of reasons. And we, I think we learned that uh, that that was not, that was not true for Stefan. And we get to learn something so interesting about the dynamic between the mm-hmm. two brothers, which is we're led to believe that, you know, the argument between the two brothers, because they just, they don't get along, uh, which yeah. would be an understatement. Um, but we're led to believe that this is because of Catherine, the woman from 1864. Mm-hmm, the beguiling. The beguiling Miss Catherine Pierce. With like the, the flowing tresses. Yeah. Such hair and dresses. Such hair. Tresses and excellent, dresses. Excellent, excellent wardrobe and wig departments.
1: They should have hired
0: whoever was doing the wigs and the extensions on Vampire Diaries. They should have hired for the Marvel films. <laughs> like nina Dobrev definitely does did not and does not have the hair that Catherine has but like it looks great mm-hmm. it does it is it is lovely and i i appreciate also nina's work and being two completely different characters and pulling that off really successfully like mm-hmm. Catherine. absolutely katherine is her own her own creature um but mm-hmm. but what we learn when we go back in time And again, friends, these are all spoilers. So decide if you want them or not. Um, Right. Stefan was the one who decided to become a vampire first. Mm. Um, And sort of forced Damon into it. Damon was ready. Damon wanted to die. And initially Stefan did too, but, you know, he got the bloodlust he did right and 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 then you know he does he kill their dad giuseppe yes he does he does but giuseppe is not fully dead because he has one of his special gilbert rings <laughs> oh which i know that not see me, one. but i did a a shoulder <laughs> dance really yeah that we find out about the special gilbert rings after season one no that i i didn't know giuseppe or i didn't remember giuseppe didn't die You are right, I have just verified in the ever-useful Vampire Diaries fandom wiki (laughs) that Giuseppe did not have a very special ring, Mm -hmm. and thus... He was very special. He was mundanely dead. He was not very special dead. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, but Stefan has carried the shame of... yeah. Of accidentally killing dad. Well, and coercing his brother into becoming a vampire. Yes, yes, that's true. Mm-hmm. And you know, his brother is rightfully pretty, pretty pissed about that. Yep. Yeah. And the other thing that Damon's really pissed about is Catherine said she was only gonna turn Damon. She didn't oh, She wasn't right, gonna turn right. Stefan. And so he's he's mad. That his beloved Catherine was taken away. He believed she died. She did not. Um, and Very few people actually really die forever in this show. Yeah, it's very supernaturally that way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I know. Which I appreciate, but then I also get very bitter about those few folks who just are capital D dead. Mm, right. Yeah. No, I know. And y- you texted me a few times. You were like, oh, no, so-and-so died. And I was like, I'm not going to text back. And then, like, a little while later, you'd be like, oh, no, they're not dead. I was like, mm, okay. Yes, I feel like I did that at least twice with Matt, the captain of the football team. I was <laughs> like, oh. I, I get, get used to Matt being around. He's... Yeah, no, he's in there for all eight seasons. <laughs> so I've, I've, learned, I've learned to love Matt. I never really learned to love Matt. I learned to, like acknowledge and accept that Matt was here. Well, well, it'll be interesting to see how you feel about it this time around. Well, that's right. That's right. Because you know, th- is some of the other stuff that really worked with worked for me with the Stefan thing mm-hmm. was I was like, I get it. I get what Elena is drawn to. Sure. Because initially I I was like, I don't know I guess 12 years ago me just didn't like oh, wasn't doing it. No, I was like, "Is that a snack?" I don't know. It's not a. It's not a snack. <laughs> I want to open. Um, but this time around, I was like, I would open that snack. <laughs> so here's what I'm picturing when I think of snacks, I think of the Mr. Peanut Butter Man <laughs> or the Mr. Peanut Man with like the cane and the monocle and the bow tie Mr. and the top hat. Mr. Peanut. And so as you were saying that, I was imagining you in 2009 being like, I don't want that snack. And now being like, I do want that snack. And as you were saying that, Mr. Peanut (laughs) morphed into Stefan Salvatore, complete with the cane and the bow tie Mm -hmm. and the top hat. Yeah. Okay. So thank you. I like it. Um, Would Mm -hmm. I want that snack more than the Damon snack? No, I would not. If I could have both snacks, would I want both snacks? No, I see Yes. Which brings me to something that initially I was like, this is a throwaway feeling that will go away. But in fact, this feeling has only intensified for me Mm -hmm. over time, over the very brief time that I've been watching the show, which is that, like, I really think that the three of them could have made this work. Right. Like, why didn't we just introduce polyamory? Like, I know. And when I initially said this to my partner, his point was like, yeah, but like, there's incest with the brothers and you're never going to be able to cross that Mm -hmm. sort of like I don't know. Chasm, boundary, pick taboo. a word. Taboo. Um, taboo. Pick mm-hmm. a word that means forbidden <laughs> or a symbol. It'll work. Um, but, like, again, the more the more episodes I watch, the more I'm like, well, arguably all, once you transition from being a human into being a vampire, mm-hmm. all vampires are related. Mm-hmm. Because we find out that all vampires come from the original vampires, mm-hmm. which were a family. Mm-hmm. And so to a certain extent, they're all, we're already doing some interesting, I was going to say interesting stuff with incest. And now I'm just going to, I'm going to walk that back and I'm going to say, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to invite you to walk that back. Although, if if you get real intellectual about it and the human animal. Mm, Yes. Like we're all descended from some originator right well and also if we really want to get very intellectual in the like the the myth Mm -hmm. subsection of the library here Mm -hmm. almost i shouldn't even say almost all the myths go back to an incestual square ironically (laughs) enough It's, it's always been the square It's always been the square, and here it is again, the square of the vampire diaries. (laughs) And, like, the ancient mythic square was usually, like, mom, dad, son, Mm -hmm. sister. Mm -hmm. And God God and goddess get into a fight, and so goddess and son go off together and have some sort of creation of the world thing that happens. Mm -hmm. Right. So... So certainly not outside the realm of what is already out in the world. Yes, yes. And so to bring it back around and hopefully, you know, make it as 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 less creepy as we can. Um, yeah, I think the Salvatore brothers and Elena could have found a way to make this throuple work for them. Yeah, I will. Because like. It seems like, especially, like, not, now I'm getting into mm-hmm. other seasons and I don't want to get too far down this road, but, like, she really does, she convinces me that she loves both of them. Mm-hmm. And I, I believe that. I'm bought into it. Like, absolutely, she does. She loves both of them. And they very clearly both love her. Mm-hmm. And they love each other. Right. Well, and, I mean, there are absolutely relationships where, like, not all... Like, not necessarily a thruple, because thruple implies that they are all in love with one another. Like it right. is conceivable and happens that mm-hmm. a a person has two partners who are not each other's partner. Yes. Right. And you know, I'm gonna I was gonna say I'm gonna give the CW, but I don't know if I wanna give the CW credit. I'm gonna give like the vampire diaries <laughs> credit. <laughs> Because like they they do push this, I think as mm-hmm. far as a network TV show could have. Twelve years ago. Twelve years ago, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, like Damon regularly talk. Like, we'll talk about our girlfriend Elena, mm-hmm. and she certainly like for the first three and a half years. Excuse me. She certainly for the first like three and four episodes of season four. Mm-hmm. It yeah, like it the the vibe between the three of them is boyfriend, girlfriend, boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I I agree. I think if that if this was made today, mm-hmm. it with the right writing team, um, yes. Although you know, w- what would that mean for the tension? I guess the tension would have to be about like what are our boundaries, <laughs> and. <laughs> Are we, are we all respecting our time with our partners? and See, right away there is a part of me that's like, I don't know, that just doesn't feel as fun. <laughs> and, and there we go. We're right back to why there are love triangles. To why there are love triangles. And again, our, like, I think this is probably the best love triangle that, or the, the love triangle that I've enjoyed the most. Like, I don't know, the Twilight one just like... So many. Reasons. No, I that oh. I I felt I felt nothing. Right. The Liniz <laughs> one, I was always like, I don't know, guy guys over Marius, like <laughs> this, this guy. <laughs> as as my friend uh, Kimberly, who co-hosts the date with Dateline, would say, him. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> You're doing a lot of romantic fanfic projection. Uh, him, you could. <laughs> him, I just, um, yeah. Uh huh. Uh uh-huh. mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. this This is one of my this is one of my favorite uh three ways. <laughs> you heard it here, folks. Yeah, which uh, there is a beautiful Entertainment Weekly cover yes that yes. that they did years ago that's the three of them on the cover and when spock was like why can't they just all get along i was like let me send you a picture <laughs> of them all getting along uh listeners will try to link to that in the liner notes <laughs> cuz it's it's yeah no it i looked at it and i was like see there it is <laughs> there's love mm-hmm. you know in you know, all this talk of like how much the show gets right there are a few things that I was like, uh, oh, clearly a 2009 network show, mm-hmm. most notably the way that we spend almost all of season one mm-hmm. being like, the Confederacy. <laughs> 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 to, to be fair, to their credit. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because, right, they they're in Virginia and they are very... Very much talking about how they are south of the Mason Dixon. Um, yes. <laughs> well said. Um, I did appreciate, I mean, if you blink, you miss it. That Yes. Um, because Damon was in the Confederate Army and he left mm-hmm. because it was against his belief system. Yes, I did like that. Mm-hmm. It is blink if you miss it. More than anything, what I like, what I read into it is, mm-hmm. and like, I maintain all the props I'm giving to their writers mm-hmm. room, but like, I also was like, I, it feels like they didn't have a lot of folks of color in that writing room. Oh, I think that's probably accurate because I just don't know if, if in a functioning writers room, if there was even one person of color, if we would have spent all of season one with just like a slight blip. About this is why Damon left the Confederate army. <laughs> right. Otherwise, we're gonna be hanging out in mansions and talking about the founders of the town. And right. There's a lot of like founders mythology, and I wanted I wanted some more like critique of the founders. Mm-hmm. And like we get the subtext with like you know, being being angry and, and mean to those the those vampires and persecuting those vampires, mm-hmm. but like I I just I just needed more. I needed yeah. more, and I thought about that too with like with Bonnie mm-hmm. because Bonnie is is an excellent she's an excellent character, mm-hmm. and I love that. I love the way they center her storyline mm-hmm. as a BIPOC character. I love the way that they incorporate witchcraft into it. Mm-hmm. Her and her Grams, you know. Obviously, I'm a white person, so like there's a lot I don't know, mm-hmm. but like that felt like an authentic portrayal between her and her Grams, and really honoring the importance of grandmothers yeah. in black culture and mm-hmm. black society. All that was solid. And, and, and there's just Bonnie. Old cast. Right. Right. And I mean, I, I can't remember if this is always the case, but I, it is very often that the witches on this show are people of color. Yes. So far. They have only been people of color. Yeah, and that may be true throughout, which, you know, you can, I think there are a couple different ways to read it, you know, you can, Mm -hmm. you can read it as, you know, the folks of color were, you know, in, in the world first. And so, you know, the ancient magics would, of course, have passed down those lines. It could Mm -hmm. also be some tropey magic brown people stuff i don't right so i mean you could read it either way i prefer to fanfic it that this is about you know an ancestral lineage that goes back Mm -hmm. beyond white folks coming to the (laughs) the americas right and and they do you know i'm gonna have to go back and rewatch it when we talk about this because i think it's season three Mm -hmm. where they go into the originals and like go into this like, what was what was happening on the continent that we now call North America? Mm-hmm. Um, but it does seem like part of what they are attempting to establish there w- was that there, there were and there are a vibrant group
1: mm-hmm.
0: of black tribes.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I don't, I'm, I'm trying, I'm like pausing because I'm like, can I remember what AD that they were doing I know I can't (laughs) and that's but I'm with you like I do prefer Mm -hmm. to like fanfic it as like they're trying to like honor indigenous folks Mm -hmm. and and centralize that but like that really would have worked better some more critical awareness evident in terms of like how we're depicting the founders Mm
1: -hmm.
0: how we are just like how we are depicting, like, our main cast, who we're casting in our main cast, mm-hmm. talking more about engaging more directly with the like, Confederacy. Yeah, I I would, there's would a, agree. Mm-hmm. There's a lot, and like, they do this a little bit more at like in later seasons. But, like, mm-hmm. there's a lot of like hoop skirts, aren't they fun <laughs> in season one? And I'm, and every time I'm like, I don't know, they were pretty uncomfortable to walk in, <laughs> corsets handmaids <laughs> uh-huh Uh uh-huh. like not to mention that like really in like like romanticizing the antebellum south is highly problematic yeah oh i know that um one of the the tomb vamps harper is a mm. black man who we we don't know his origin story oh
1: yeah but he yeah. he does
0: a lot of he does a lot of sir mess and ma'am which just the the way that he does it feels a bit like perhaps harper was made vampire during the segregated south yes yes harper was mm-hmm. one character where i was like oh yeah this feels like a white person wrote this character mm-hmm. <laughs> right wow okay and then there's like you know there's very like brutal stuff that happens to harper and he's a very short-lived character Mm -hmm. and i was like "Mm, not great yeah not a good look
1: (laughs) not a good look
0: not a good look pearl was i excited to see pearl Mm -hmm. and her daughter anna absolutely Mm -hmm. it was a it was a nice and unexpected asian representation absolutely Mm -hmm. was it also problematic because it's like they're just asian (laughs) no (laughs) I'm five hundred years old, where am I from? It doesn't matter.
1: It My doesn't name is matter. Pearl and I am
0: head of the vampires. <laughs> I'm head of the vampires. <laughs> I was like, okay, well, you know, we're we're making some moves in a in a solid direction, and then there's some other moves that are not so solid. Yeah. It it's true. There there is a lot of positive shit happening here and there was room for mm-hmm. growth. Yeah, you know, and isn't it nice that we can just hold space for all? Mm-hmm. That's right. Because, mm-hmm. you know, this was a show about a girl who wanted to have sex with a couple of vampires. But it was so much more <laughs> than that. It was. <laughs> and ooh, the cliffhanger, like the way they end season one. Mm-hmm. Chef's kiss. Oh, God, I remember the first time I watched it. Mhm. It was you know, it was brand new. I was like Aha, <gasps> <gasps> uh-huh. aha. Uh-huh. So good. Mhm. Yep, so good. And when you rewatch it, you can totally tell that it's uh friends at home are already spoiling you if you're this far in. Here's the right, big spoiler, we well of just season like, go one, all the way, which uh-huh. is that um katherine's back in town and she's pretending to be elena and we don't know katherine's back in town so we think this is elena but when mm. you rewatch because it, we already went to the tomb and she wasn't in there right right um and she didn't seem to have any interest in getting back together with damon and uh why would she be here but when you rewatch it you can totally you can totally tell it's katherine Mm-hmm. You know, she's got that, that darker curly hair and the, you know, that little look. <laughs> the maniacal glint in her eye. Uh-huh. Yeah, she's up to no good. And she goes and turns our dear, sweet Caroline. Oh, that doesn't happen till season two. Well, I, that's true. She kills her. And none of, that, she hap- <clears throat> none of that happens in season one. Really? Mm-hmm. Because I thought it was that she's like, give, give them a message. That's the end of season one. Oh, shit. Right? Did I not no? watch the final episode? <laughs> 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 no, no. Hold on. Let me look this up. <laughs> Here we go.
1: Founder's Day. Yeah, Founder's Day. It ends with her cutting what's-his-face's... Handoff.
0: Oh sure, sure, sure. You're absolutely right. Okay. I take it all the way back, friends. <laughs> um That must be like the opener of season two. It must there. be the opener of season two. Yeah. Okay, so um I was wrong. The oh, both both the closer season one and the opener for season two are great. <laughs> <laughs> and I I have to say, um, my sister-in-law, Rachel, her new wife, Riley, um, is also Aww. just starting to watch The Vampire Diaries. And What synergy? Uh, she is about three quarters of the way through season one at this recording. Okay. Because I mentioned that I, I couldn't watch mm-hmm. Dateline on Friday night, which is sort of our ritual. Uh, it is. Oh, that was really sweet of you that you, <laughs> you put a pause on that. Thank you. For, thank, well, that I, the, thank you. I alerted them. I was like, listen, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to be able to watch Dateline with you guys Friday night because I need to finish a season of Vampire Diaries. And Riley was like, what season of Vampire Diaries? (laughs) 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 And then I found out that uh, Riley has just started watching the show. And I am just super stoked to know who her favorite i i already asked who her favorite character was and she's like i'm only halfway through season one i don't have one yet i was like "Mm." hmm we watch shows differently riley and that's okay (laughs) i know i was like i had a favorite character within three minutes (laughs) his name was damon (laughs) Salvatore. to be fair damon really and i hope we get into this more when we talk about season Mm -hmm. two damon is a character that like really plays to what you're looking for What I'm looking for? In a vampire. Yes. Yes. What you're looking for (laughs) in a vampire. Mm -hmm. In a sexy vampire. Damon really, he's out there ticking all those boxes. Oh, he is. He is wearing low-slung jeans, which, God bless 2009. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Because, you know, you just, you get the, you get the full muscle look. Oh, you know what? I bet that's the other thing that I really like about Stefan now Mm. re-watching i'm much more aware of muscle tone (laughs) yes and he has excellent muscle tone he does he has excellent muscle tone i would even i would dare say that in season one especially in the beginning Mm -hmm. he has better muscle tone than Mm -hmm. than uh, Damon does yeah no i mean he was clearly in the gym working on his fitness
1: before the show absolutely because i was yeah
0: at, when i was watching it and he was shirtless which happens pretty often so you know incentive mm-hmm. to turn that on like if of course you are a human who would like to see that um mm-hmm. i was like i you know that man works with a personal trainer <laughs> yeah absolutely also and i don't think you can train for this i think these are just genetics mm-hmm. and i guess like plastic surgery but I don't get the vibe that that was the case for Paul. Mm-hmm. I think this is just like the benefit of Polish genes. <laughs> like the man has just like some excellent cheekbones, and and mm-hmm. there's something about like there's sort of like like the hollows of his cheeks that like oh yeah, chef's it kiss. it is it is chef's kiss, and he has like a very a a very like Grecian nose. Like he looks like a Grecian yes. statue. Which I think was a real turn off for me in 2009. Sure, I get that. I get that. Yeah, But me in 2021, I was like, I'm into it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. That's all there. Um, Now, for some reason, all I can think of is I'm thinking of, I think it was... mm, My track record so far hasn't been so great, but I'm just going to go out there and say it. And, you know, like, Mm -hmm. listeners, tweet me. Let me know. (laughs) Um, I want to say it was episode three that Damon is doing his dance. Oh, yeah, the dance. (laughs) Like, his shuffle dance. And it just, like, clearly what they did was they shot him on the floor doing the shuffle dance. Mm -hmm. And then they shot – then, like, they had him walk up some stairs – and get out on the other side of the balcony yeah. and do the shuffle dance and then he's like I don't know on the sofa or something doing it mm-hmm. but it is just no I if there, it's a very short list of actors and obviously mm-hmm. Ian Somerhalder is on this list like very few actors could sell that oh yeah in a combination of having it being like goofy silly sexy fun mm-hmm. and the response for the viewer at least for this viewer was like I would I would shuffle dance with you yeah <laughs> <now." laughs> right because when i'm describing it it's like that sounds kind of dumb but watch him friends no and he clearly gives no fucks that's what i love he's like he's not dancing for the pleasure of someone else watching him he's dancing for the joy of dancing and this is how he dances (laughs) to quote robin he's out there dancing on his own oh yeah just i love him and i also find elena nina Mm -hmm. dobrev to be very attractive oh yes she is gorgeous Mm -hmm. i do and i do not i use that word judiciously she is gorgeous (laughs) and nina is an excellent actor Mm -hmm. i had no idea because i've only seen her in her post vampire diaries career which like is meh. I don't want to be negative towards Nina. It's it it hasn't been great though. No, it ha- it hasn't been great. But just I you know, she has she's a very natural beauty. And then the outfits mm. that they put her in is just so my aesthetic. That's true. And so I was like, I am into everyone on this show. <laughs> Let me be the fourth peg in this square. You were ready. You were like, Catherine, get out of the way. I'm here. (laughs) Boom. Boom. Let's do this thing. (laughs) I am 42 years old. (laughs) Nonetheless, though, you are ready. You train. You have excellent muscle tone. Come on. Right. I can, you know, I can fight. You can do this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I kept watching season one. I know you were reminding me that later they're like um elena you need to lift weights you are not strong i was watching her i was like you are not you're skin and bones girl you're going to get eaten by a vampire <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. no she was she was very tiny mm-hmm. um so like yes hats off to everyone belated hats off i guess from me all these years later um and now i know we need to do a wrap up because you have a chili cook off to get to uh yes, but I, I do want to stray for a moment, because okay I would, I, I know, I, the chili cook-off mm. can wait because okay I want to bounce something off you, that I was okay. thinking of when I was watching, mm-hmm. rewatching season one, and it, it, sure. and it is about vampires generally, and how we conceive okay. of vampires because, it was it was bothering me a bit. Mm -hmm. that you know stefan is 160 something years old and elena is 17 so it was that was kind of bothering me um Uh because i was like he's an old man like handsome but an old man what could he possibly find of interest or Mm. allure of this 16 17 year old girl I mean, obviously, she looks exactly like his ex, so there's that. But also, like, right. you've got this entire century of experience, century and a half. Mm-hmm. And sure. Like, I'm 42, and I don't like 16, 17 year olds. Like, my, my niece is 17, and she's delightful. Absolutely. But, like, you know, she's a, a young human. So this is something that I, too, now that I am a literal, full-on adult, Mm -hmm. I do not have any more limbs in teenage (laughs) dome. I am am well into my Mm mid-30s. When I was young, when I was a teenager, into my early to Mm mid-20s, this did not really occur to me at all. Yeah, right, of course. I was just like, no, of course. Look at that hot, smoldering vampire. Mm-hmm. And part of it was that, like, no surprises here. I was the kind of 17-year-old where I was like, I'm very mature. Oh, that surprises no one. What older vampire wouldn't begin yeah, to me? I'm very we mature? Are, we have read the same books. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm well-traveled. <laughs> In my mind, this is great, obviously. Take me to Paris. Um, now... <laughs> As an adult, mm-hmm. when I hear about adult men who are 35 mm-hmm. a date dating people in their early 20s. Oh my god, like like Ian and Nina. <laughs> I I am like, yeah. <laughs> I judge. Mm-hmm. I judge and I'm like, what's happening mm-hmm. here? Because I get why she'd be attracted to you. What I don't understand and what causes me some genuine discomfort, Mm -hmm. which is interesting because we started the show with me being like, vampire incest, not a big deal. (laughs) Here we are. And I'm like, here are some boundary (laughs) lines for me. If you're a 35-year-old man Mm -hmm. and you're really into a 20-year-old young woman, Mm -hmm. what's happening for you? Because you have right. all these years of experience, so like going back to what you're asking, like Stefan has decades and decades and decades, and I know he blacked out some of those decades <laughs> because of his drug problem, mm-hmm. right? But still, he is he is an aged adult. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is he actually going back to high school? Right. And it's funny to think back when I watched this initially because I remember, I remember this, that I was like, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't bother me that there's this 17-year-old girl with these ancient vampires, but it does kind of bother me that Ian Somerhalder and Nina don't are dating and he's like 35 and she's 22. Mm-hmm. Uh, they made a very attractive couple, but The age difference. At those ages of life. Right. Because, like, there are different times of life where 15-ish years aren't going to make that big a difference. We know. We know this very clearly from science. Mm -hmm. And here's the thing. I think there's all kinds of shit that science doesn't do very well at all. Mm -hmm. But there are some things that science does real well. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that science does real well is it tells us, like, when has the brain reached... It's full developmental maturity. Mm-hmm. And that for most folks doesn't happen until at least 25. Mm, right. That's at least for some folks, it's like 26, 27. Right. Mm-hmm. Brain's not done cooking. Yeah. Yeah. So here is what popped in for me.
1: And mm-hmm. I, I want right. to bounce this I'm off. I'm mm-hmm.
0: I'm wondering if as part of the vampiric process, that mm-hmm. emotionally we get a bit stuck at the age at which we were made vampire. M- sure. Much in the way that you get stuck at an age when you start using drugs. Like, you, if uh-huh. you start using drugs at 12 or 13, you could be a 50-year-old person who still kind of operates mm-hmm. in the world as though you were 12 or 13. And you can age up through doing work, but right. it... You, you know, our cognitive processes just kind of get, and our emotions just kind of get stuck in this age. Mm-hmm. And so I wonder if that's something that is happening as part of the vampiric process. Because this is when you died, this is when your brain died.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, and there are other things that, like, and I, it's sort of like anecdotal, colloquial wisdom mm-hmm. that the age that you get, that one, that the age that celebrities become famous. Mm-hmm. It's very, very common for them to get stuck at that age. Ah, oh, I wish we would have talked about this before my, <laughs> for my interview yesterday. That would have been a good snippet. There will, I know there will be other. Interviews, yeah, there don't will be worry other about ideas. that. But like, so you can get stuck there, and then there's also really interesting research that strongly indicates that once you reach a certain point, a certain level of. Um, resource access and what i mean by that is like once a human being gets a certain degree and in intensity and level of power
1: mm-hmm.
0: they actually start to develop brain damage what oh yeah i have never heard this uh-huh. well it's in humankind a hopeful history by rucker <laughs> that, it's that book you want me to read it's <laughs> that book i want you to read <laughs> <laughs> And he talks about and cites, uh, he cites several studies that really strongly indicate that like, there is a point it's like, what is it the (sighs) depreciating returns? It's it's sort of a variation on that idea that like, after a certain, after a certain point Mm -hmm. of money and power, you, you start to you, you act, you act, feel show up like somebody with brain damage wow, that is f- Similar to, like, football players. Right. Somewhat similar to, like, football yeah. players and what will happen for them in terms of like, traumatic head, in- persistent traumatic head is injuries. Is there yeah. a specific part of the brain that gets damaged specifically? That I don't, that I don't remember. Okay. Yeah, but I mean, what is more powerful than the vampire? Right. And so, that, that takes something that was like, oh, this could be quite creepy, mm-hmm. and really in some ways I think very much is, but like that I think can really help to explain mm-hmm. some of what we're seeing in terms of story. I think it's also worth noting, and we'll probably talk about this more in other episodes mm-hmm. featuring the Vampire Diaries, <laughs> that vampires hold a very interesting place in narrative symbolism and mythology. Sure. Mm -hmm. and i do think some of the like one of the one of the things that i think humans are doing with vampires and attempting to sort of like understand and talk about and work through Mm -hmm. on an emotional level is pedophilia sure vampires opportunity to talk about so many different things for real yeah they make they make a Mm -hmm. great metaphor for yes hard topics and hard topics You sure you took it all the way there? <laughs> I did. I am I apologize. You said what you said. <laughs> all right. Let's get you going to your chili cook-off. <laughs> and yes, friends, the captain actually is doing a chili cook-off. Yep, with my It's with like my neighbors. 1955. Mm-hmm. I've made yeah. a vegan chili. It has not steeped in the crock pot nearly long enough for flavors to truly deep i will not win the chili cook but i will go i will hold my head high <laughs> we'll and present them with what i've made <laughs> um friends this episode is gonna drop you know right kind of smack dab in the yuletide season and so i hope that this episode felt like fun yeah genuinely man. we talked about so many different things so many different things, a cornucopia, mm-hmm. all sorts of shadow and light and dark and everywhere in between. And I hope that you enjoyed it mm-hmm. because 2021 has continued um, the tradition laid out for it by 2016, 2017, mm. 2018, 2019, <laughs> and 2020 in being a year of challenges. Yeah. And part of how we move through challenge is finding lightness and brightness and even joy amongst all that challenge oh that was so beautifully said um yes and i would i would invite you if you enjoy vampire programming or ridiculous but well-written teen drama um it it's just a delightful watch and Mm -hmm. if you are feeling the sting of the darkness of winter. The long dark of Moria that is upon us. I think it's a very nice bright spot. That is still dark enough. That you don't feel like you're lying to yourself. You know some of those. If you mm-hmm. like me have those parts of you that are like. This is a lie. We're, <laughs> We're just pretending to be happy. We're papier and macheting over the reality. Right I'm like but look. We certainly have those parts. They're in. They're in Mystic Falls, Virginia. It's raining. It's dark there. (laughs) I mean, let's not forget the show starts after Elena and her little baby brother, Jeremy, Mm -hmm. who I think arguably looks older than her, but, like, I digress, (laughs) Um, after their parents have both died. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Their car crashed over the Wickery Bridge. Yeah, you like how we just uh, talked right past that? We didn't even... We didn't even dive into that. Or the fact that this is all about legacy burdens. Uh, We'll talk about that later. This is, it's, people don't need that. No, people don't need that right now. They have enough of their own. Yeah. You know, in the reality of it, I can't, this is like very out of character for me. I'm like, we'll save the legacy burdens another day. Don't don't worry. We'll talk about that dark (laughs) stuff later. Pass the popcorn. (laughs) Uh, But for now, friends... We, we, we appreciate you, and uh, I'll take us out. We may be at the helm of this ship, but we know who really keeps us running. Thank you to Ensign Kyle Rebar, who composed our theme song. Thank you to Lieutenant Catherine Mandy Cat Duthie, who designed our beautiful cover art. And finally, thank you to our fabulous producer, Lieutenant Commander Brian Therens. You too have a Grecian profile and hair for which to die. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and the very best way that you can support our podcast is to subscribe, rate, and especially review us on Apple Podcasts, and be sure to tell your friends. Also, we have a Patreon now. You can support us with your monetary monetaries, and we would appreciate it very much. Um, Helps us keep doing this podcast and bringing you the truth. After four years, we're finally getting our shit together. (laughs) Just a reminder that our book, Starship Therapies Using Therapeutic Fan Fiction to Rewrite Your Life, is available at all of your favorite booksellers. And it is a wonderful gift for the holiday season for that geek in your life, or that coworker you don't know what to get, or that special someone who could really use a little support this holiday season. So be sure to order yourself a copy or two or three and share with your social networks. And as always, friends, live live long and and prosper. prosper.